0: of so God again I just want to invite you to uh, stand and go directly to the scripture thank you for the musicians let's go to our uh, Hebrew uh, chapter 11 Hebrew 11 verse 13 The Bible said that this all died in faith, not having received their promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such a thing declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have a return. But now the desire a better country that is unheavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. May the Lord bless His words. Let's bow our have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, at this uh, most precious moments, Lord, we sing the song to worship You. Lord, we pray for the needs of the Lord. and Now we preach we're approaching to the Word of God. Lord, as we're approaching the Word of God, which we know that is You, Lord, with the reverence and with the sincerity, we approach You. So, Father, we just ask You to take this Word and to reveal Yourself to us. Lord, we'll give all the glory and all the thanks to You. Lord, You are mindful to every need. Even before the service, Your mind has so unlimited. Your mind has so discerned in each situation. So, Lord, even before we put every request before this table and present it to You, Lord, You know that already. Even some requests, they probably dare not even to put it before You. You also know that. So, Lord, we just ask the Spirit of God and still use Your Word to meet Your people's need. Speak to Your children. So that we our need can be satisfied in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated And yesterday I was um uh, taking a devotion of the the BCA and um, uh, I was speaking about um, uh, the points of no return And so if Lord willing, I would like to uh, uh, just expound it a little more uh, in this uh, today's service, uh, uh, so uh, I'll give it a title: "The Point of No Return." And uh, maybe it will be uh, uh, different from what you think uh, that is the service uh, going to go. Uh, I think that, uh, in a little while you probably will see why I say that. Uh, the, but um, I just want to give you the definition: uh, What is the point of no return? And um, uh, this is a find from the Wikipedia, and it said that the point. Of no return is the point beyond which one must continue on one's current course of action. Because turning back is physically impossible and prohibitively expensive or dangerous. He said a particular irreversible action that can be a point of no return. And he said, to give an example, it's like setting off an explosion or signing a contract so setting off an explosion I give an example to the students I said it's like a uh, you're taking a grenade and then uh, you pull the string and you uh, all of a sudden you said oh I made a mistake I think I better just pull the string back and uh, you can't stop it when a string is pulled and you have to throw it and you don't want to keep it in your hand because uh, it'd be physically impossible and in a prohibitively expensive or dangerous. So when it's uh, when the things is reached to a certain point, that it's come to the point. It come to the point of uh, no return. All regret, all sorry, all sorrow doesn't change the course of it. You just have to do it. And so I think it's for the Christian life. Sometimes we have to uh, drive ourselves. The Lord has to drive ourselves to a certain point that we have to go to the point of no return. Amen. Every man of God, every uh, spiritual person in the history, they must have hit the point of no return. Then they become uh, so desperate. Then they don't care what is in the future. And they don't want to, to go back anymore. There's impossible for them to go back. Even their face. Even their uh, eye hasn't saw what is in the future. Even though they don't have uh, any certain. Um, uh, their five cents can declare to them. Uh, no certainty in the future. But by faith and through the vision that they have. They're just pressing forward. And so when we are. Uh, when we're talking about this, I want to give it a, 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 some of the examples. And if you're thinking about in the book of Ruth, and there was a two person. Uh, the one is called Orpah, and the other is called Ruth. And the Orpa, Orpah, and, uh, we see that she um, had the same zeal and same passion. It seems like in the, the words that she was saying, just exactly the same like Ruth, that uh, we're going to go with you. No matter where you go, we're going to go with you. But you see, those words has to come to the ground that, that be tested. And when the testing come, it will say which one hit the point of a no return and which is not. Because if a person doesn't hit the point of no return, they still have an opportunity. They still have some uh, left over. They still have a reservation. They still have something they can go back to. Or they hope they can go back to. And when the, they didn't hit it at the point of no return, then it was something that was in the back of their mind, it always holding them up. It's like in Abraham and Lot. Abraham's go to a certain uh, place, a stage in his life, he come to the point of no return. But Lot's is not, and as a result uh, shows it. And so this Warpah, we saw that she did the same thing. And uh, while this, uh, uh, this Naomi is going back to uh, her home, and the both of them, they said that you know we we'll just go wherever you go, your God is gonna be my God, and we're gonna go to go with you to your place. But it's not become a revelation to this uh, uh, lady called Orpah. And then uh, when the, uh, Naomi just said some words, they said you know I, I have no uh, children gonna be uh, be your husband, and I'm getting old. It seems like it's impossible. And then at Orpah, when he saw the when she saw the impossibility, and she go back. But you see, Ruth, she doesn't saw the possibility either. Ruth doesn't see Boaz. Ruth doesn't see the field that was, was waiting for her. Ruth doesn't see that in the Israel's land, what is going to be waiting for her in the future. She knows nothing about it. She never been to the Israel land. And that all she had is just Naomi that in the last few years, that in her life she called uh, her mother-in-law. And but she make a such a decision and she said, your God will be my God and your your land will be my land. Where you die, I will die. You have to think of this is such a tremendous thing. Because this is nothing revealed to her what it is going to be. She only by what she saw, what she experienced that in her past and that gave her enough faith, enough, uh, uh, we will say, give her enough a few that she make the decision. She said, I will go. And so when Ruth makes out a decision, and though she didn't see uh, what is the future is, but her face has sold out. And though the eye vision doesn't declare to her what the future is going to be, but just by the experience that she had, and that enough to let her to make a decision that to go whatever that Naomi is going. And you think that when... Uh, Ruth, uh, her former experience with Naomi, is not, a, we'll call it a spiritual experience. Because any Israelites that came out of from the promised land, and go out of from the promised land, to go to that other place, they consider it as a backslide, as far as far the, uh, the the prophet has taught. Because God had given them a land that's in the promised land, they must have stuck with it. No matter sick or sin, they must just stay in that land. It's like in the believer, no matter what you're going through, God give us a land. God give us it as a message of this hour. He gave us the word that we keep. He gave us a promise that He said to us. Amen. Amen. So no matter what you're going through, no matter how it seems like the situation is contrary to what you are. Uh, uh, facing. It seems like it all, uh, impossible. But God's order is to stay in your course. Amen. Don't turn left and don't turn right and don't, uh, let alone to uh, going back. Right. And so when Ruth, you think, we'll see that her husband is a backslider. Because any Israelites that came out of the, uh, the promised land, they considered as a backsliding. And uh, her husband that uh, they went to, because uh, during that time, there are still people that are in, Israel, uh, in uh, Judea. in Judea. There are still people that uh, they stuck it through, no matter what it is. But uh, uh, her husband, uh, I forgot the name of it, and Naomi's husband, and uh, there's two sons. And they went to uh, the land of uh, Moab, and they live over there, and just try to make life a little bit easier. You know when it's not all the time that when you're trying to make the life a little easier, will bring the life easier. Actually, bring the life even harder. So when Ruth was going through that, and then the, uh, her husband died, and the Orpah's husband died, and Naomi's uh, husbands died, and uh, all of things that she saw is a misery. All the things that she was experienced is not some super spiritual. Uh, things that she was going through. She was going through the rough time. But during those times, that's uh, enough things that she saw. She saw something special in uh, Naomi's life. She saw something. Even those uh, people that she was encountered with, in the, not in their ought to be position, right. but still right. God showed her something that other people didn't see. Right. You know, when Pharaoh was look at the same window that Moses looked at. He only saw that a muddabber was the slaves. But when Moses looked at that, when he looked at it through the window, he saw the same thing that Pharaoh saw, but he saw that the people of God, and then he come, he, uh, he, uh, he stuck it, he's it through with it. No matter what Israelites is going through, no matter how backside they're in, Moses is still in the inter, uh, interceding for those God's people. Because he hit it at a point, reached to the point of no return. And we saw when Ruth, no matter what she was going through, but God revealed something to her that she stuck it through. You see that when the people... Uh, if they have the revelation from the Lord, the worst of things God to show a seed of a God is still better than the best of thing that in this world. Sometimes when we're going, we're in the church, we're in the body, we're not all the time to see the best of thing. We're not all the time to, uh, to see the uh, you know, supernatural or spiritual, and, and it seems like things like is going a long while. A lot of time, the devil showed us the hind part of the body of Jesus Christ. A lot of the time, what we look at, it, what we're seeing um, to the, from the, the people, it's not something that's really pleasant. And a lot of the time, well say most of the time, when we look at ourselves, I'm not talking about a look at a person beside you, I'm talking about a look at yourself, most of the time, we doesn't look at the things which is good, we always look at the negative part of our own self. If there's anybody flogging ourselves the best, it's ourselves. If there's anybody rebuking us the most to help the devil from the morning to night, that is a myself. That is a yourself. Is there any person that we be the most a supporter, most a helper of Satan, that is the Murphy one. That's what we always do because that's all he showed us and as always we say more Amen to Satan than say to the preacher of God. We say more Amen to what he said about us than what God showed us to be. When God showed us we are the attributes of a God, mm, when devil said you're the, not to the attribute of a god, he said that's exactly right. I just did it. Say I just ruined. it. I just blowed it. I just made a mistake again. Person has to hit the point of no return. Then they forget about the past. They forget about what it used to be. No matter what's left in their memory, they hit the point of no return. Say, Lord, I don't have a few to go back. I only have enough few, the Holy Ghost, to carry me forward. Yeah. And the Ruth, Ruth going to the, to the land of Israel, if just been naturally speaking, there's nothing positive for she to look at. Her husband died, and her uh, her uh, um, her rel- uh, sister-in-law's husband died, and her mother-in-law's uh, the husbands died, and all the things that she saw, it's just a death, death, death. But still, in that death, she saw life. In that person that was out of the will of the God, though they out of the will of God, they still in the perfect will of the Lord. But all that in the mind that she saw is out of the will of the Lord. But that, uh, what she saw that uh, even in that a uh, small woman, Naomi, enough for this Ruth to make her decision. And she said, I'm going along with you. Your worst is the best that is a better than the best thing that a Moab can offer to me. Your worst experience that even the Lord showed to me, but still better than the experience that I have in a Moab. There's no hope in the Moab. And the Moab is coming from the incest, coming from the adultery. But Israel, though you are backsliding, but still there's a hope in the land. Amen. Though there is some hamp part that in the message, though there is some seems like negative things that happen in the, in the body of Jesus Christ that in the message, but still that's better than the things that the world can offer to you. Amen. There's no reason and no excuse to go back to what it used to be. And when Ruth hit to the point of a no return, and she doesn't care what her former oh, the, what her mother lost the testimony is, what it used to be, she doesn't care. She knows there's a hope that in the land that is a Naomi coming from. And though she doesn't have a she doesn't have the revelation. Lord doesn't show her everything. Just like the Lord doesn't show us everything. She doesn't show the, he doesn't show showed us the, what is the, in the future going to be. The heavenly home going to be. We never been there. There's the one prophet that have been there. Coming home to tell. Come back to tell us. But still personally I would say we never been there. We never know what it's exactly going to be. But there's a enough evidence in the ministry of the, the prophet. No matter how many people try to put a smothering it, try to blacken it. But there's a enough vindication of it to show to us the worst even that was a better than the world can offer to us. You really have to take your revelation to see God's worst is better than the best things that the world can offer. And we see there's another person asked her, and she has to come to the point of no return. It's the Mordecai's words drive her to the point of no return. And then she said, if I perish, let me perish. That means it doesn't care. It doesn't What I don't know the future, I don't know what is the king gonna say, I don't know what is king gonna do, but by your words, I'm going to do it. And then she going forward, and she's not just speaking about it, but she actually doing it. Then she went before the king. You know, before she went before the king, she still hasn't hit the point of no return yet. Because during that process, she can still regret. She can still just walk back. She can have a lot of excuses. She have a lot of things that she can do to avoid to facing the king. But as soon as she saw the king, and as soon as the king saw her, then she hit a point of no return. Then she must going forward. There's nothing she can go back with. No matter what the future is waiting for her. But when she saw the king, she hit the point of no return. The believers, we have to see the king of kings face to face. Then you hit the point of no return. And that's exactly what God is going to do to us. It's not so just to try to pushing us or pushing us, but the God wants us to become face to face with Him. When you really saw Him, when the Word of God in this hour really making a reality become a fact to you, become a reality to you, then you hit the point of no return. No matter what the world can offer, no matter what denomination can try to explain it in a way, no matter what trials coming, what difficult coming, how many people left, how many people fall, but you hit the point of no return. That point is nothing else but to reveal the word in this hour. The point of a no return is not you hit to the church, then you hit to the point of no return. Is that you affiliated with certain people. You hit it at the point of a no return. You must have hit it at the personage of God himself. Then you hit it at the point of no return. When Esther saw the king, and that's become her point of a no return. And then the king reached out his staff, and she found favor before the king, because the king saw her. And when the king saw her, and then she, uh, she find a favor, then she came in, and the king asked her, what you want? And said, oh, whatever that you want, even the half of the kingdom, I will give it to you. You see, only when we hit it at the point of no return, and then the Lord will ask us, what do you want? And then you can say, to the, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want that. Why? Because you're determined. You're hitting the point that there's nothing is going to pull you back. There's nothing is going to alter you from the left and to the right. And then the king, when, she, when he saw the queen, he didn't say just saw the woman, and she saw the queen. But she, he saw that other woman, but that doesn't mean anything to him. But when he saw the queen, that really give uh, the king uh, a heart to ask uh, what you want. You see, it is the king sought us. It's not just a certain man saw you. It, it's not just at a certain status that you hold into the church. Or in a certain place, in a certain position. But it's when Christ himself saw you. And then he will give you that authority. That lets you to recognize your position. That you are nothing else but a queen of heaven. And then he will ask uh, what you want me to do to you. And then she realized her position. She asked her, the Lord of vengeance for me and to keep it alive over my people. Right, and when those Israelites there, when they saw that the prophet come, saw the Moses come, and the plague and the different things, when God avenged the His word. You know, then those Israelites, they're facing a decision. They have to make a decision. Are they going out? Or are they going to stay? And by God's grace, they left the Egypt, the land of Egypt. But you see, they never hit it at a point of no return yet. Every time when there's a trial come, every time when something happened, they always said, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to do this. Let's go back to it. all the two million people. There's only two person that hit the point. They saw the same plague that, uh, 1.99999 million people had saw. These two persons, they come out under the same sign and they saw the same miracle. And the dude had facing exactly the same thing that those, uh, all the rem- all the rest of the people had saw. But they hit to the point of no return. They do have the revelation, this is the God sent to the prophet. This is the word that has to bring us out. This is the word that not only bring us out, but this is also the word that will bring us in. And when they had to the revelation, they don't care what anybody else is doing. They don't care what anybody else has said. They said, we are going to the promised land. They hit to the point of no return. And to the point of a no return in uh, aviation, it said uh, the point of a no return is the greatest distance that an aircraft can proceed and return to an uh, airport of departure with the required reserve fuel. Is that, is that understand? It's kind of uh, complicated for me, so, but you'll. Your, that's your motto town. You should understand that. After passing the point of a no return, the remaining few will not be sufficient for a return to the point of departure. The flight can only be continued to the airport destination or to an alternative uh, alternate airfield. That means that an airplane... They carry. They only carry a certain few. And when the few come to a certain point, the field is not enough to carry them back. They must go on to their destination. You see, for the person, I find out a lot of people, they have a too much reserve of the few. It seems like they just never run out of their own ability. It seems that they just never run out of their own ambition. It seems that they just never, never run out of their little fun. They never run out of their hurt of feeling. They never run out of their depression. They never run out of their, their feeling of inferior. They never run out of a vote onto me. I'm miserable. I have pity party and this and that. They carry too much of a view of that. They can always go back. Something happened. They feel they are going through the storm. If they don't, if uh, if they're coming to too much resistance, uh, they just pack it up and go back. They got uh, too much of a few. You know, if you are the seed of God, God has to you to run out of your few. Not totally run out, but run out to a point That you can only get enough view to receive the Lord. Say, the Lord, carry me on from this point on. A person can only hit the point when only face-to-face with God. Then they run out of their own view. Then they don't want to go back anymore. We saw there's a people that in the Bible, and they have an experience. And Job has his experience. And he had a true experience with the Lord. And when he goes through, it is a rough time. And Job, uh, and he said to the Lord, uh, uh, give us, and the Lord take us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then, but then he went through. his a rough time one of his three friends is coming. They try to comfort him. They try to raise him him. And Job going through to at a rough time, he doesn't understand what is this God going to do. Why this happened to me? Why that happened to me? He even curses his own date of birth. But you see, when God has to let him run out of his own few, so that they come to the point that the revelation dropped down, that, is that I know my Redeemer liveth. And then the reasoning and the different things after the come to an end, when that person, Job, would have run out of his own view, then the Lord would reveal himself to him. And you see, and to the prayer of Branham, then he uh, went through to the same thing. When he, uh, going through the toughest time, then he his own life. Then his wife was uh, passed away. Her, his daughter was uh, passed away. And then uh, he said, um, you know, the, uh, that time the Lord, it doesn't speak to him. He said, if the Lord doesn't speak to me, he said, the Satan starts to speak to me. And the Satan starts to reasoning with him. You know, talking about the uh, reasoning. He said that, you know, if you're, uh, if, uh, you know, you, uh, you go on the street, you preach the gospel, and you do all those things, uh, and say, what does the Lord do to you? And he would just look at your daughter, and your daughter can be healed. And, uh, then the prophet, then everything, he said that uh, Satan was saying, was absolutely right. Because there's a reasoning. If the devil reasoning with you, he must have something that's reasoned right, otherwise he won't reason with you. There must have a certain truth in it. He said he can't let me uh, let me see that I uh, know God, because he said I saw God. But he wants me to know that uh, God doesn't care about me. And then he was uh, saying all of this uh, to, uh, to the prophet. And then the brother of Abraham said, yes, yes, you know. Then he said, if the Lord, he was going to say, he said, if, if that's the Lord, he said, I'm not going to serve Him. But what is the reasoning coming to an end? There is nowhere to go to. But then there's a something that is in this heart rise up. Say, the Lord take us, the Lord, give, the Lord give us, and the Lord take us away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, who gave me my wife? Who gave him my children? Lord gave it to me. Then he put it in a little sharing, his eyes are closed and said, "The dead will bury you." And uh, to, to him, this is whole thing is over. You see, the Lord has to let a person to run out as his own few, so that it come to the point, then it hit to the point of a no return. Then he said, "No matter what happened to me, this is the God that I serve. I serve Him before. I serve Him now. I serve Him forever." And the Peter, he has to go through his own time. When he comes to the time, and he said, to the Lord, everybody will forsaking you. I will not forsake you. And the Lord has him run out his own few. And then he has to come to the point. And when the little maid, uh, uh, uh turn on, a, uh, just turn on a heat a little bit, then he started cussing. And then, uh, three times he rejected, uh, uh, refused to say that he know the Lord. The Lord has to let him to go to that point like that. But you see, no matter what they're going through, he cannot go back to his old denomination. He cannot go back to the, what he used to be. Why? Because he got an experience with the Lord. He's the seed of God. All those things is only to write the seed of God to run out of their own field. Lord never forsaking you. You have to go through your rough time. You have to go through the time you try to use your own force. You try to break this through. You try to get out of this. Lord just so let's just do that and let you go through that. It's not He doesn't care about you. He's your own. He lets your own ability come to a running out. And when your own ability is running out, there are orbits going back. But there's a ruse still going forward. It's not that God judge you. It's not God to try to be mean, mean a to you. But He has to let your fear to run out. So that when you run out, when you come to another point, you say, oh Lord, I have nothing to offer to you. But I'm coming before you without anything. But Lord, save me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, take me out of this situation. Then you hit the point of a no return. Lord, I'm going through this. No matter what happened, no matter how hard it seems, how impossible seems the situation is, but I'm carrying forward. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you just have to let your children to run their few out. They hit here, they, they try to dash here, they try to dash there, they try to do all that. You can't do nothing. The only thing you do is just to pray. Pray it is not just a miserable prayer. Pray it is a quoting the word of God. The oh Lord you have said, believe unto Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. Amen. My, my son, and my daughter is like a rabbit that tried to hit here, tried to go over there. He will come back to the gate that he was again out of. The prodigal son that come back to it is the father. The door he going out, that's the same door he coming back. And your children will have to do the same thing. They're coming and out of it is the house of a God. By disbelieving the word, they will come back to the house of a God by receiving the word of a God. It's not by your man's ability. It's not by your psychology. It's not by all the things that you can do. It's by the same word save you. That same word will save them. But God will let them run out of their view. So that they can come to the point of no return. Not a return to the world, but return to the back home. Abraham said, if he does turn me down at the end of the road, I will still love him. That's a person that hit the point of no return. If he sends me to hell, and I can still love in hell, I will love him anyhow. Because I deserve to be turned down at the beginning. See, and if I had 10,000 lives to live, and there's nothing after the end of them. If there was no God, no Christ, I'd still take this Christian way to live. That is a person reached the point of no return. He said, to have a man and woman that I can associate with, it makes life so much different if you just be a Christian. When a person reached to the point of a no return, they don't care what is in the future. They don't care what is has come and what is the goals. You know, every person they have to go through that, they have to hit, reach to the point of that. what is the prophet has do. And it was saying, even there's no God. Even there's no Christ. You know what? I think every true Christian can say that. Even there's no Christ. Even there's no God. I'm still going to live the way that I'm living right now. Because this way, even the worst is this. is far better than the world can offer to me. What is the world can offer to you? Lie? Sin? sickness, disbelief, adultery, and all those things, a drug, and all those things, that's the only thing the world can offer to you. The joy in the sin is only temporarily. But what God has to give it to us? As I was quoting this, even there's no God, no Christ, I have a, such a wonderful believer that I can fellowship with. I can have a wife that loves me that I know what I love my wife. I have children that I love so much and I love to give my life to her. I still live this life that I'm going, I'm living right now. Why? Because there is something happened to me. When a person hit that point, nothing is going to deviate deviate them from this path. No reasoning, no imagination, no the worldly things can take them away. Then it's the point of no return, and only then you find out God become a reality to you. Those disciples have no have has to reach the point of a no return. Even they can't explain it. They can't even say. They don't have the full revelation yet. But when Jesus asked them, are you going to go just like anybody else is going? And Peter said, who should we go? You have the word of life, of eternal life. Who should we go to? There's no way for them to turn. You know, this world has come to the point of no return. They have nowhere to go, but only go to destruction. Because they don't receive the Word of God, that is the God gave it to this hour to turn them around. But Abraham said, In an invisible union of the bride of Christ... He said, so to be married to the second Adam, Christ, the Word, you must separate yourself by death from your first denomination of husbands, because there isn't one of them that can take all the Word of God. Why they are dead? Because they can't take all the Word of God. They can only take a part of the Word of God, but they couldn't take the whole. Take the Word of God as a whole. That's why when they don't take the Word of God in whole... That's why they hit the point of a no return. Then they cannot have nothing to return them back to, but only going forward to the destruction. You know, when Luther heads to the revival, if the Lutherans is going further, keep on going, and they hit the point of no return, and they continue on, they will become a Western. And Western, if they the, reach the point of no return, they will reach to Pentecostal. If the Pentecostal reach the point of a no return or continue on, they will come to this message. But you see, because they can't take the whole word of a God, so they try to go back. And instead of going forward, they try to go back and say, oh, we used to have a revival. We used to have the word of a God, but they forgot that the word of a God has a traveling arm. And when the word of God is traveling on, it's like the wheat. The life that is in the stock is going on. So when, the, when those Lutherans, they try to go back, when they hit that point, they cannot receive the word that they give it to that age. Then they try to turn back. Then when they go back, they find out what they go back to. is the, the denomination. There's no life in it. Because life has traveled on. Life has gone to another stage. And the Pentecostal is the same thing. But I'm saying that now we know that a church cannot, The Pentecostal church by no means, by no means could carry out the last day message in its present condition. He said, could it? Why? It can't even agree on one or two words in the Bible. How are you going to do it? It cannot do it. So you see, denomination is out. That's right. It's going to be an elected people that's elected for it. In another word, only the elected people can receive the whole word of God. By not receiving the whole word of God or the word revealed in that hour, in that time, then when they get to the... Reach the point of a no return, and they try to go back, and the only thing they can go back, they go back to their dead form of religion. And the says that the whole rank of denominations, a Pentecostal and all, are dead. That is to the born again Christian of the message. All of it is a scientific, intellectual, educational, scientific ways of its so called a Bible school, and the things, he said he's a perished. If the denomination is that way, the person is that way too. If a person don't continue on, they're in the word of God. If they always live in their memory, what they used to be, I used to be this, I used to be that. What about your now? If you don't don't continue on, but let me say this, if you don't reach the point of no return, how can you continue on? Because you don't even know the right direction. But if you know what God did to you before, the same God, what He he did before in your life, He will continue on if you entrust yourself to Him. And for a person, they cannot just live in their old experience. You cannot just uh, always remember... You know what we used to be. You know, I used to be. You said, oh, I used to be in the lock church. It's this and this. I used to be this. I used to be that. That is the past. What about your now? You know, I used to be fervent. I used to be do this. I used to. But what is your situation right now? If the person reached to the point of a no return, their life should be better than what it used to be. It's not going backward, but it should be going forward. Amen. In a visible union, he said, Now it was nature associated with death. Your first husband that had ruled over you was your nature by natural birth. The reason I'm slowing down, because I try to contemplate. Should I shouldn't go to try to go to this uh, or should I not go for this? Your nature, no matter is it good or bad, Brother Bamber said, associate with death. Right. Let me say that again. Your good nature is also associated with death, even without the changed by God's nature. Some people are naturally had a good nature. They're naturally have, um, um, I don't have the right word to to describe it. They're just naturally good. Did you, did you met those person? They're just naturally, just, just nice. You know, you just, oh, you just fall in love with them. They're never annoying you. You know where I'm going, huh? And they never say bad word about you. Yet it seems like they're always a positive and they never raise up their voice. Like what I'm doing right now and, and it seems that like it's just a good nature of that person. Everybody will fall in love with the, those type of a person. But that nature is still associated with death. No matter how good that nature is, that nature associated with his death just as any bad nature associated with death. That nature has to be rebirthed. No matter what good nature or bad nature, all nature needs to be changed into God's nature. Rabbi said that that's the reason you have to be born again. You have to separate. You have to die to that first husband. No matter how beautiful that first husband is, no matter how good nature the first husband is, you have to leave the first husband, leave the, all the, the nature, no matter what that is, and to, to be united with God's nature. And God's nature is to build on His Word. Anything separates you from the Word of God, disconnect yourself with it, because that's not God's nature. God's nature always brings person back to the Word of a God in this hour. Some people, they're naturally good. But on opposite, some people, they're just naturally bad. Have you ever met that person? Did you met a person in the message church? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. No. Some people, they're just annoying. They're just, they just know how to say certain things. Just makes you feel bad. Sometimes the people, they just say certain things and they just uh, they're just sarcastic. Is that a word? And they just a the nature. It's just something that in their nature, they just have to poke on you. You know, who's that, na- that person? Uh, not you, not you, Okay. My dad is that type of a person. My mom said, uh, my mom said to me, he said, honey, he said, why? You see, your dad always, if there is a scar, he always uh, use a magnifying glass, to look at that, and try to poke it. <laughs> you see, some people, they just naturally, they just have to do that. Boy, boy, that was Quiet. But they are still a believer. They're a still born-again believer. They still have the gin of a God that's right in them. They still love the word just like you love the word. And they still believe in the word of a God just as much as you believe the word of a God. There's nothing that's a that's a Nature, their godly nature, the word-based nature has done a difference with you. Their human nature may be different with you. They might say things that's not quite right. They might, their natural, their nature is not quite exactly the same as you. They might say things that's not exactly eye-to-eye with you. Maybe the things that you like, they just don't like. Maybe the things that are you, you feel that's the right, they just don't feel that is the right. But still, they go to the same church, they believe in the same word, they fellowship with you on the same word. They are the same Son of God, just like you are. Some people, they're just naturally quiet. As most of you right now. Some people, they just naturally don't say amen. It seems like if you let them say amen to the word of God, almost like kill them. Even you kill them, they don't shout. <laughs> and prepare for a Brother Tom on Sunday. <laughs> but they are the same believer, just like a Margaret. They're the same believer just like a Victor. Yeah. They're the same believer just like a Johnny, Roy. Sure. They're the same believer just as anybody you sitting over here. They love the same words that you love. And they live the same life that you live. Some people are naturally it's just different. If you have the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit will let you Past that flesh. Fleshly nature. Amen. And going to their godly nature. Amen. Everybody your name was recorded in the, the book. In the uh, book of life. All natural things was, was recorded in that. I have the quotes over here. I don't have time to quote it. But God transferred us from the book of life to the Lamb's book of life. But in the same time, the book of life still recording everything that you acted on this earth. But at the same time, there is a godly nature, lamb nature, that's one into you. And that the lamb's nature manifests you in the lamb's book of life. You're not belongs to the book of life that recorded all your life, but you belong to the lamb's book of life. What you are right now, you are outside in your body, you may be still manifesting the book of life naturally, but then at the same time, you manifest the Lamb's book of life, that life that which you manifest right now, to love the word, believe in the word, and above all, you live the word of God. As Brother Ram said, everything you've done under that nature was put in the book. Called it, the book of life. And then he said, in the same message of the invisible union. He said, but your old book is gone. With your old union. Now your name, your old, has been Transferred. Transferred it to where? To the Lamb's book of life. But you have to understand, you still live in this body. As long as you live in this body, this body is going to do wrong thing. This body is going to become annoying to people. This body is going to do things that you probably hate yourself. Why I do that all the time? And probably knowing that the people, people would think of white you doing like that. But I also want you to remember that because your gene, because the germ that is in you, but the said that your germ in the beginning had a function. Though you live in this body, but that germ in the beginning has a function. No matter what your old life is, but the seed of God that's living in you is different from the water that in this body, what did you try to live? Then he said that the germ that was in you at the beginning had found you. And that's in the invisible, the union. You know, before that, This germ that predestinated the seed that God gave it to you. It has to take a body to reveal himself, to manifest to himself. Without this body, that germ cannot manifest himself. You can identify with Christ. You can identify with Elijah, with Elisha, with Esther, with Ruth, with all this character that in the Bible. But the only one that you can fully identify, that in other you know, words can fully manifest it, is in your own body. You can identify yourself with the other believer, but the full identification is in your own body. Because that germ had find you. Jesus can identify it himself. We'll see God can reveal it himself that in the prophet of Moses, in the prophet of Elijah, All of them has revealed a part of Jesus Christ. But the only fullness of Jesus Christ has has to be manifest in Jesus Christ, that body. The only one can manifest yourself is yourself. Though you identify with a different character that in the Bible, but only the full identification is when you are in your body, That's you can fully manifest the, the predestinated germ that the Lord gave it to you. And then he said, in an invisible union, he said, and not to the old book of your natural union, but you are a new, your new bride. Hallelujah. Your new life is in the Lamb's book of life. Your marriage certificate, hallelujah, where your true eternal germ from the beginning takes a hold. Now you are not only forgiven, but you are justified. Then he said, it was put in there by predestination. You were foreordained to a sign of God. You were in God before the foundation of the world. You're only manifested in this day for this, for his honor and glory. How can you do it without honoring his word and standing with every word of God? Amen. You see, when you were when we said we're identified with all the characters, and we can say, Oh, Esther represented me. I can see part of that that in That in, uh, myself and Esther. I can see myself in the Ruth. I can see that in each character that in the Bible. But only when we are coming forth, when we were born again, that germ that was predestinated before the foundation of the world, that found us. It's like that a little boy who was looking into the mirror and he was uh, turning left and right. He doesn't know who that is. But then when he was looking into the mirror, the revelation came on him. He said, Mama, that is me. You see, when we have the germ of a God, it's only in this hour that in your body that you can only find who you are. That germ finds you is not just to let you to find your character that is in the Bible. That germ finds you is to let you to recognize who you are. Yeah. That germ is coming in you to let you understand you give that a predestinated seed a chance, an opportunity. Yes. And now that germ before, you can identify what's there, you can identify what's was done, but when this body come, when your flesh body on, when the Holy Spirit is living in you, now you give that a predestinated a germ, which called a Derek, which called a Ken, which called a her, which called a Brother Mike and a Brother Murphy, you give that predestinated a germ a chance now to conquer, now to heal, now to believe. Now to get rid of the Satan and trample him down. Now that germ finds you. His nut cannot fully manifest himself in the other people. But he can only fully manifest himself in your body. Now your germ finds you when you're born again. When that germ has been waiting for thousands of thousands of years, and now when you were born on this earth, now that germ said, and now it's my chance. Now it's not other people's testimony, but it becomes your testimony. The healing does not belongs to others, but the healing belongs to you. To try down the devil is not belongs to others, but belongs to you. That germ finds you. That germ from the beginning, Brother Brandon said, takes a hold. He takes a hold of your body, said this is my body. Murphy said this is my body. Richard said that is my body. I cannot just leave other people's testimony. I cannot just let other people have it, but I have my own. Why my germ from me? The germ, the predestinated seed in the years, of thousands, before the foundation of the world. Now finally, he finds you. Yes. That's why they said, this is me. Amen. This is not something else. This is myself. The germ has to find you. The germ has to find you the perfect match. He can only overcome the world in your body. He can only believe the word, in the believe the word that in your body. It's not just all so. we look at the testimony of Elijah, Esther and Ruth, and you become the testimony. It's not just said, "Oh, they did this, they did that." We do the same thing as the Bible character has to do. Why? Because that germ has to find us. The predestined is the seed, and a long time ago, the attributes. In attributes of form, as the Brother Thomas was speaking, but it's manifest in this day, in this hour, in your body. Amen. You're the same just as the Babel character. You're the same as the Ruth. You're the same as Esther. Why? Because of the same gene. How find them? That same gene has to find you. And Joshua, his dad was king. In the book of Joshua, chapter 10, and verse 24, and it said, It came to pass when he brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel, and said unto the captains of the men of war, which went with him, said, Come here, and come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near, and put their feet upon the necks of them. Joshua don't want himself to have the excitement and thrill to trample down Satan. Or the kings. He wants all the Israelites to enjoy this great moment as well. God doesn't want Himself to just become an overcomer. But He wants His attributes, which you are part of the God's attribute. He wants His gene, His germ, His attribute to enjoy the same victory that He had. That's why He gave you a body. He prepared a body for you. For what? It's not for you to get sick. And it's not for you to get discouraged, to get depressed, to, for you to get healed. To for you to get overcome, to for you to get a triumph, a get a victorious. That is the purpose of the body prepared for you. That's the purpose of the body that prepared for me. To give it a chance of the gene of the sermon, to have it a chance to overcome that. And Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of enemy. And nothing shall by any means to hurt you. It's not just for those persons. It's not just for the spiritual person. It's for every person who received the word in this hour. Brother Bram said, I like something that's got some courage. He just, He said, I just despise a coward. Don't you? Someone who's afraid. Stand up there. If you got the right stuff behind you, stand for what you think is right. Be not only willing to live for it, die for it. Or anything. If it's right, it's right. Other man has died for what is right. If I think, if I didn't think it was right, he said I didn't believe he was the son of God, I'd be against him. It shock you, isn't it? He said, if I don't believe God, I will be the one to against Him. I don't want to be just a lukewarm unbeliever. I want to be a firmly unbeliever if I don't believe Him. Then he said, I'd be out there saying everything I could to against Him. Because I, would, I wouldn't think He was right. But he said, I know He's right. You remember I think before we mentioned that several times. Brother Aaron mentioned mentioned that I think Brother Tim was a about it. In one of the messages called the testimony, that man that wrote a track and against the God. Yeah. And he said in that track, he said, where he, he said, Is there a God? I said, I curse him. Right. That's what he said in the track. But you see, God still has a salvation for those men. Right. God still can save the person who against him, right. who cursed him. Who do everything to against God. Even write a track for it. But God still prepared salvation for him. But there is no salvation for lukewarm. God said, I spew them out of my mouth. If the person firmly believed in God, wonderful, they're hot. If the person were firmly against God, he said, I can tolerate that. But he said, I cannot tolerate the person... Who's a lukewarm? Right. Right. Yeah. They call themselves a believer and don't live a life of a believer. They yeah. call themselves a believer but don't give their whole, whole force. Love of God with all their strengths, with all their mind, with all their love, with all their, with all their soul, with all their heart. He will that type of a person. Amen. Or just against them totally. But don't be lukewarm. Amen. But I'm saying if just part of this is right, is it a right, the rest of it is not right, then none of it is right. Is it either all right or all wrong? Is this message is all right or is the message is all wrong? God has vindicated and manifested this is the all right message. This is not a part of right, a part of the wrong. This is all right. There is a no missed failure manifestation of the Christ in this hour. Everything that He said was come to pass. God vindicated it to be a hundred percent right, so that we have no excuse to return. We have no excuse to go alternative airport. Let's go to the destination. He said, "You can hang your soul." On any face of the gospel. And believe it. For it is every bit of truth. And just don't be afraid. If you are afraid. Don't do it. But if you know where you are standing. All right. That's different. Let a musician come. person has to reach to the point of no return. Julius Caesar. Kaiser or Caesar? Caesar. 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 There was a great event that happened in the B.C. 49. It's called the crossing of the Rubicon River. And Julius Caesar, in those times, Rome is uh, ruled by the senators. And Judas Caesar, he win the war of Gaul. And to take his army. But then his rival, or his enemy in Rome, Pompey the senator, and they want him to uh, go back to Rome to disband his army. And uh, uh, to report for uh, duty because of the politician and things. And then Judas Caesar facing a tremendous pressure in this. Is he going to disband his army? If he disband his army, he was facing... Uh, his no army, no weapon. His future is becoming uncertain. Then he... Uh, when he realized that, he's facing a decision. Either he's going to disband his, his army and go to Rome and uh, just become a peasant or a common citizen. Or he has to take his army and go to Rome. Because the senator already ordered, said if he ever take his army, cross the river of Rubicon, he will be considered a treason, or rebellious. Then he become a public enemy of the whole Rome. So he's facing that. He doesn't know what to do. But finally, Julius Caesar, he made a decision. And he take his army, and... uh he crossed the river of Rubicon. And by doing that, that lead him to the victory. And he become the dictator for life. And the conquered Rome. And he become a dictator of lifer in Rome and uh, the rise of the imperial era of Rome. Then I was thinking about that river of Rubicon is not like a Jordan River. It's not like uh, a Mississippi River, the big river. That it, it was difficult. It, I mean, it was here. Uh, it was uh, uh, you know, flooded. It was just a little stream, little creek, so shallow, cannot even merge a person's ankle. It's not to the, the shallowness. It's not to the the river make it as a significant. But it's the consequences. It's the meaning of a crossing it. Make it become a historical event. Many times in our life, we have the facing to cross a lot of things in in our life. You know, it's not that a person who makes a decision for the world, they go back to the world. It's very easy to make. It's not that something that was a hard decision for them to make. It's just one time. There's just one thing to do. They can just say, forget about it. I'm not going to serve the Lord anymore. And then they go back to the world. And crossing it is maybe very easy. It's not a difficult at all. But the consequences yes. is a tremendous. Right. Right. Exactly. But at the same time, when a person if you make a decision for the Lord, it's not something that is hard. It's something that was, a, that was a difficult. It's not something that was super duper. Right. Right. But it's just something that was a simple decision that he made. Yes. But the consequences is a tremendous. tremendous. Is an eternal life. That is waiting for them. I think about it, Jesus making a decision. It's not across the river of a Rubicon, but it crosses the river of his own will. In Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but Lord, your will be done. And by doing that, and Jesus was going to the churches and preached the gospel, he literally became a public enemy of the whole denomination of the world in that day. And anybody follow the Julius Caesar, they cross the Rubicon River, or become a public enemy of the Roman Empire. You know Anybody follow Jesus, cross the, that river of the decision, you know you become the public enemy. But is that worth it? <laughs> Julius Caesar crossed the little river, then he become emperor of the imperial Rome. Jesus Christ... He crossed uh, the river, the death. that He became the King of the kings. Amen. And anybody who followed Him, yes, follow, cross the river of our decision. Yes, sir. When you make that decision, follow to Him. Yes, you will be called the Queen of Heaven to sit on the throne Amen. with Jesus Christ. Let us stand. Have we come to the point yes. of no return? Yes. Some of you think about a decision that you made years ago. Probably just like across a little shallow creek. It's not something supernatural. It's not something super duper. It's not some thunder and of lightning it's happened to you, the vision or dream or. Everybody patting on your back. But look at what you know. By the decision you made. You had your family here. By the decision you made. God gave you the promise. By the decision that you made. You had experience with the Lord. And there is still. There is much things. For us to gain. That in front of us. But if God has done that. In the before. God will carry you through no matter what happened to you, no matter what things is coming before you, the same God that how He taken care of you before is going to be the same God is going to be taking care of you now and in the future. Amen. Let us bow our head. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, how we thank You, Lord. You are the great Jehovah God. Lord, You have made a decision in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, are You pass passed Your own will but led to the will of the God to be done. Lord, because of that the redemption has made. And because of that, the death of Christ, and also the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, you prepared a road for us. And now it is for us to make the decision. How am I glad that I see so many people that who I considered as a hero of the faith, that is still living, that are upholding the message up and high, and to live the life of Jesus Christ. And no wavering. No compromising. Some 10 years. Some 20 years. Some 30 years. Some 40 years. Oh God. What a great decision. That they have made. That decision made is not a without a cost. Some cost them dearly. Or some cost them de- tears. Some cost to the, their family. Rebuking them. Forsaking them. But Lord. You double portion blessing, you pour it upon them. You give them them the family, you give them the brothers, you give them the sister. you give them a mother, some fathers. Lord, some you give them a wife, some you give them the children. Oh God, how we thank you, Lord. And some are sick, you give them the healing. Lord, some you give them the contentment, some you give them the peace, some you give them the joy that in the storm, in the trials, in the difficulties. Lord, some you give them strength. That strength is even beyond my imagination. Sometimes, how can they facing the life still with a smile that in their face? How can they facing the such a trial and the difficulties, the hardship that you're going through, and still with a smile in their face? Lord, it has to take a God Himself doing that. Lord, we want to give you all the glory. Let it know that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray you, if there's anyone who hasn't crossed the river, not river of a ju- river, river calm, but the river of the decision, they're still contemplating, Lord, and may they make their decision tonight. Lord, it doesn't take the lightning coming. It doesn't take the vision come. Lord, it's just to take a moment of a decision to you. Lord, you will show to them what is the waiting for them. Lord, I also pray if there's anyone here or anyone on the internet and they make their decision in their heart said, I'm not going to believe the message. I'm going to cross this river and I go to another side. Lord, I just pray you stop them, Lord. Lord, don't let them come to the point of no return. But Lord, reverse their decision, Lord. Reverse their heart. Reverse their mind. Lord, if their mind is making a decision that's contrary to what you want them to make, Lord, even that is the moment to stop them, Lord Jesus. Lord, I believe they are the seed of God. It's just sometimes the devil lied to them the devil will try to, to use all kinds of things, the pressure of the, the world or the pressure of a life and the pressure of a works or the relationship or anything else, that it try to pressurize them so that it make them to leave them. Lord, I just pray that the pressure, that it become a driving force, not drive them back to the world, but it drive them back to you, Lord, so that they can make a decision for you, that they do come to the point of a no return, they will never return back to their depression again. They will never return to their own excuse again. But I make an eternal decision for you. We give you all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. you you're know the song the no re- no turning back. I forgot the title of it. Yes. The us sing that I have decided. A, a group of revelations. This is a personal revelation. None go with me, still, Lord, I will follow. I think that a lot of us have reached the point of no return. You know, when a person reached to the point of no return, they don't even want to. Not even one thought will come to. You know, I was sharing it with the, the students at VCA. I said, you know, the Lord, doesn't just use hell to scare us. But He used the heaven to attract us. When I came to the message, when I believe it, not even one thought came to my mind, I'm afraid of hell. He never even put that thought in me. Before that, I was afraid of it every day. When I was in the denomination. But it was strange when a message comes, it doesn't even come to my mind. Everything is, Lord, I want to go to the rapture. Lord, I want to... It's not even a thought. Lord, I don't want to leave it behind. I don't even have that thought to, to left it behind. Everything just before me. Lord, take me there. Lord, take me there. Make that heaven become more real to me. Lord, let your face shine upon me even more than before. What is Abraham saw? It's not Abraham saw something of the past. Not Abraham was afraid of uh, what is this going to, uh, to, to happen if he doesn't follow the Lord. Lord, just make that city become so beautiful. It was so real to him. Though he hasn't get there, but his face was longing to go to there. I pray the Lord just made himself become a more reality than effort to us. So that even none follow us, none go with us, but Lord, I'm still following. Who come, who don't come really doesn't matter. Who believer, who doesn't believe and maybe broke your heart and, you know, uh, hurt your feeling or this and that. But in the bottom of the bottom of everything, it really doesn't matter. One second, one split second, when we go to the another side of the heaven, of another side, all of the rest of it, it will just become a poof. It just everything will become a disappear. All your tear, all your hurt, all your this and that, it doesn't even mention that anymore. May the Lord bless you. As I said, if you haven't made that decision for Him, enjoy it Going forward, don't reserve any few. Just let the field of the Holy Ghost to carry you forward. Amen. And you just sail on, sail on and on until we reach to the destination. Shake hands with the fellow citizen. See the best thing you can see. May the Lord bless you. We'll see you on the prayer meeting on Friday. God bless you.